It is November and it's Men's Health Awareness Month. Testicular cancer is also a cancer which affects only men, right? And in this article, it says that testicular cancer is not as common as other types of cancer, but is more likely to be found in younger men and teens. That's pretty interesting. So at what age, doctor, should we teach our teenage boys to perform self-examinations? The age group is, they say, 15 to 35 is the highest risk of getting cancer between 15 to 35. So I suppose we're looking at teenagers, you're looking at from 15 onwards, whether that's the time we should talk about self-examination. And I suppose men, if they, if they feel a lump there or there's some swelling or, you know, there's a heaviness, fullness in the scrotum, already are signs that, you know, that something is going on. But they can have other symptoms. They can have symptoms like backache, loin pain, groin pain. All these things also can sometimes suggest you can tell anyone that pain that is not going away always needs to be checked up. And if it's even in the, you know, groin or loin or scrotum, you have to get checked up. Of course, if they do examination they feel something definitely go and get it checked up so by the age of 15 we should actually teach our kids to to see and know what is normal and what is not that's right would it be painful it can be painful sometimes can be painful but it might be also painless or like the pain can radiate like I said to the groin or loin or to the back up so it's so any of these things not getting better you have to go and see someone and get it checked up especially if you're a young person doing sports you know all these pains can be you think oh it's just some muscle pain or muscle yeah. thing so but if it persists, then always, I suppose anyone, anything that is persisting, not getting better, then you should get it checked up. But is it like any other cancers? Uh, if you detect it early, you can treat it much, much better? Like I think the treatment for testicular cancer is very good. Even if it's spread, treatment is still very good. So the thing is, you must pick it up and, you know, the faster you treat, of course, it'll be better. But testicular cancer are actually quite responsive. So mm. that's a good thing about that. It's about gastroesophageal reflux disease or GERD, which is a digestive disorder order that occurs when acidic stomach juices or foods and fluids back up from the stomach into the esophagus. So GERD actually affects people of all ages from infants to even older adults. But doctor, how can we differentiate between just a regular heartburn and GERD? Basically what it means is acid going from the stomach into the esophagus. Now the stomach has got lining where it doesn't affect the stomach. The acid is actually very acidic but the stomach lining is such that nothing happens but once exposed it's actually very sensitive to this acid. He sort of burns it. So sometimes after a real heavy meal you know, and you, you and I can also get a bit of reflux and you can yeah. see that burning. That's what they call heartburn. But something that's more persistent that is you know, getting more severe. That's why it comes calling out gastroesophageal reflux disease. No more a simple heartburn. It's a disease now. Continuous exposure to the acid in, by the, the esophagus and this causes erosion there, inflammation and that can be very painful. But sometimes GERD can be asymptomatic. A lot of patients come to us with GERD with just recurrent cough or huh? recurrent throat irritation. Okay. And you know, they go and see the ENT doctors and sometimes can be missed. So recurrent gastric irritation, recurrent cough, recurrent lung infection, you also think of GERD as one of the causes because they may not have the classical symptoms of pain in the, you know, the esophageal area or retrosternal area, but they come with these other symptoms. So all this must be something you must always look for. Classical one, of course, it's severe pain that occurs in your, just above the stomach area or retrosternal, they say below the sternum. So okay. There's a classical GERD symptoms. Uh, so it's not exactly Exactly like right here at your throat. No, it can be right because of acid reflux. Once it goes to the esophagus, that's where the pain comes. But sometimes it can be asymptomatic, you know. You've got patients where they actually come with the severe GERD, but they don't even know until they actually go for throat examination. They do a scope and then they realize it's a severe GERD. What actually causes the GERD? Is it because the valve in the stomach 
is working the wrong way or something? Just their valve is getting weaker or whatever reason. Commonest cause is putting out weight and that, uh, you know, obesity is a risk factor, smoking, alcohol, all these can cause increased acidity and that can also flux up. Basically, the valve is not as good for functioning as well as before. In this article, the doctor there actually mentioned something about a supplement containing this caraway oil and menthol, which actually helps with GERD. What's your professional opinion on this supplement? Yeah, okay. oil is actually from a plant, caraway plant, they call it, part of the carrot family. Interesting, caraway oil has been used in uh, as essential oil for many things. Caraway oil is used in a lot of alternative therapies or even helps in digestion. So maybe there is some role, whether it helps to strengthen the sphincter or reduce acidity. I'm not sure how it really works, but I suppose it's no harm trying. You know, if you've got a mild gastro reflux disease, you can try alternative therapies. Don't eat and sleep four hours before. That's a simple thing that I keep your bed slightly elevated. Don't overeat. Things like that, if you're overweight, lose weight, try to stop smoking, cut down the alcohol. Then you can try all these things like this caraway oil and menthol. Because if it's not getting better, it's always good to see a doctor and look at whether you need treatment. This is an interesting study by a university, it shows that flame retardants found in nearly every American home cause mice to give birth to offsprings that become diabetic. And these flame retardants are called PBDEs. They have been associated with diabetes and adult humans. But this study says that paint could cause diabetes. That's quite worrying. I suppose this PBB is uh, found in a lot of chemicals and all of our, because of your exposed to chemicals and but you have to be very careful there are paints that are now that are new paints that are coming out that are free from a lot of chemicals you know that are very safe but of course any exposure to some of these chemicals can disturb your things like your hormones balance in the body like here they say here the article talk about you actually get insulin resistance uh, decrease insulin release from the pancreas so basically what uh, in fact the article talks about that you know where they study they found actually that people have less insulin secretion from the pancreas and there was more insulin resistance of the receptor. Probably that's why you're getting the diabetes. As far as we know, diabetes is caused by what we eat, right? So not like chemicals I mean, from paint. Uh, yeah, but that's the risk factor of course, diet, exercise. But chemicals can come and disrupt a lot of things. Uh, of course, the main thing you worry about is the, the chemical like PBD, the cancer increases. But of course, here the study shows you diabetes increases. Yeah. Of course, it's all because of the metabolic disorder chemicals can cause in our body. It's all part of those uh, metabolic disorders that will happen because chemicals that disrupt and of course our lifestyle diet make things worse. So these chemicals actually disrupt the hormones which in the end disrupt our organs as well. That's right. We actually found several articles talking about the possibility of COVID-19 vaccines to be released by the end of this year and for things to somehow go back to some form of normalcy by mid of next year. Now, Doctor, what is your take on these COVID-19 vaccines? There's a big discussion going on today in the hospital about all our doctors about the vaccines. There are about 100 companies doing research on the vaccines. Uh, they said they're for the final stages of clinical trials. And of course, some of the big ones are they're already done tests and some of them are 90% efficacy, some 95% efficacy. The ones that are very coming out soon and using what they call mRNA technology, something very new in vaccine. Most of the time, our old vaccines are what they call uh, live attenuated bacteria, that means a virus. That means you take a virus, you make it less active and then you inject into someone to get yeah. the antibodies. That's what we understand as a vaccine, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this new one, mRNA, the so a big debate in the hospital among our doctors today, you know, I, I, is it safe or not? You know, like giving people uh, RNA, is it safe for us? So I myself don't understand. It's something so new. You know, 
probably for vaccines or any drug you want to use, you need to go through all the proper trials, right? Trials and all. Yeah. So first animal trial, then phase one, phase two, phase three. You can take up to two years. Yeah, in a situation today where the virus that is actually already killed 1.3 million people, yeah. 50 million people are affected, and it's not going to stop. Right? You can have an MCO for a while, numbers will drop. You open up again, it's going to start. So you need to come up with a vaccine fast because it's a you know it's a chicken egg story. Which yeah. one? Yeah. to do have to maybe fast track the vaccines as long as people they think it's safe enough numbers of people have used it and it's all be safe whether you and I can take it because by it's a bit fast track yeah you know, okay my short term it may be nothing what about long term correct are all these vaccines that are already in phase 3 are they all in the mr NA so, kind or I, I think the ones that are the big the, the three companies that are coming out with the, the mRNA but countries like China Russia and all until you see the old technology they're not coming out the mRNA so I don't ah. think so they're not said it but I think that they're using the old technology But will you take the vaccine once they are readily available or you wait uh, I I will wait uh, if I had a chronic disease or if I was uh, much much older then I and my risk was much higher I would take but if right now I'll wait I'll wait okay. and see whether or the vaccine is safe 